My presence is happy belated. Fashionably late. I'm just glad that you made it. They said it would never happen, uh-uh. but today is the day. Kanye West, Jesus is king. Oh my gosh. Hallelujah. It is finally here. Plus, who's ready for two new songs from Selena Gomez? You are, and I'm ready oh, sure am. for two new songs from Coldplay. We'll hear from both of them this week, along with Louis Tomlinson, Kesha, King Princess, and Old Dominion. And to quote Lizzo, I got a bottle of tequila and a remix for you. Uh, Make that drink a grande. I got that reference. All of that and more. Are coming your way right now because today is New Music Friday and Billboard is here to break down this week's biggest releases. I'm Fernando Ventura. And that makes me Chelsea Briggs. Welcome to Billboard's First Stream Live. All right, that is everything we need because, Fernando, where else can we possibly start this week? Of course, it has to be Kanye West. I mean, after many delays, he has finally released his gospel-influenced ninth studio album, Jesus is King. It is in the wild. It is out there for everyone to enjoy. It dropped today at the same time that the documentary of the same name opened in IMAX theaters around the world. Now, the film features Kanye's ongoing Sunday service series, which I have to say I'm so excited for because I actually went to his Sunday service at Coachella. Nice. It was probably one of the highlights, honestly, of my year. The music that he's creating at these Sunday services, it's, it's, I can't even put it into words how awesome it is. Seen him come and go, you only the latest. But who am I to judge? I'm crooked as Vegas. Use this gospel for protection. It's a hard road to heaven. But that's not all because Kanye already has his sights set on his next album. During an interview earlier this week with Zane Lowe for Apple Music's Beats One, he just, you know, casually dropped this bombshell. Sunday service album Jesus is Born on Christmas is coming. That's, that's what wild. Kanye said. <laughs> Always the unexpected from Kanye West. Oh my gosh. Now that's all he said about Jesus is Born, that it's coming around Christmas. But I'm sure that we're going to hear a lot more very soon and it will be out hopefully on Christmas Day. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Let's cross our fingers. Kanye also talked to Zayn about his newfound faith in God and what that means for his music. Now that I'm in service to Christ, mm-hmm. my job is to spread the gospel, mm-hmm. to let people know what Jesus has done for me. You know, I've spread it a, a lot of things. I, I, there was a time I was letting you know what high fashion had done for me. I was letting you know what the Hennessy had done for me. I mm. was letting you know all these things. But now I'm letting you know what Jesus has done for me. And in that, I'm no longer a slave. I'm a son now, a son of God. I'm free. Now let's bring in Billboard's Bianca Gracie to talk about Jesus is King. Uh, let's talk about the massive buildup to the album and the IMAX film. What do we know about why the project was delayed and how it evolved over Kanye's listening experience mini tour? Yeah, well, we actually have to start from a little over a year ago. Like this has been such a journey. Um, yeah. Even before Jesus is King, Kanye actually teased an album called Yandi, mm-hmm. and that was supposed to be released uh, last September. There was so many pushbacks, and some of the songs got leaked online, and it was a bit all over the place, and I guess he scrapped that project. And then in early 2019 this year, he announced, you know, Sunday Service. And of course, you know, he's brought along so many guest acts, like Kid Cudi was on Sunday oh, yeah. Service, Dave Chappelle, you know, a lot of his big celebrity friends, and 
it kind of seems like he had a really big spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. There was this big buildup, you know, is Kanye going to release new music? Is Yande actually coming out? But, um, of course, Miss Kim Kardashian West, who acts like, you know, his pseudo publicist, which I really love. Um, back in August, she kind of shared the track list for Jesus is King and kind of confirmed, you know, this is actually happening. The album was supposed to come out actually September, September 27th, mm-hmm. but Kanye decided that, you know, the project wasn't ready. I think he was waiting for some samples and getting Nicki Minaj um, clearance on the record and also Ty Dolla Sign. So we had to wait a little bit longer, but now... It is finally time. We are here. October 25th. Oh my gosh. The album is out. Yeah. <laughs> finally. I want to know what your thoughts are on how you expect Jesus is King to perform on the charts. He always dominates our charts. Um, you know, the Billboard 200, every single album that he's put out, except for College Dropout, has debuted at number one. That's crazy. Um, college, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Um, college Dropout actually debuted at number two, but still, that's super impressive. So I honestly have no hesitation that, you know, this album is going to hit number one. I'm so, I'm so radical. All these people mad at do. It's been four long and lonely years, might I add, since Selena Gomez's 2015 (laughs) album, Revival. Seriously, though, we've missed her so much. Selenators, we've stood strong, and the time is finally now. Selena kicked off a new era Tuesday night by dropping the brand new ballad, Lose You to Love Me. And I have to say, it's raw, it's vulnerable. Fans love it when artists get personal and get deep, and she pulls this off beautifully. It's a a, a gorgeous song. And guess what? That's not all, Fernando. Selena is making up for lost time because one day later, she gifted fans with a surprise second release. And this one is so fun. The kinetic dance pop track. Look at her now. Let's hear it. Of course she was sad, but now she's glad she dodged a bullet. Mm-hmm. Took a few years to soak up the tears, but look at her now. So there you have it. We finally have fresh Selena music, but we can't help looking ahead to her new album. Back at 2017's Billboard Women in Music, I actually got an update from her on how it was developing. So it's been in the works for a long time. I really wanted to create the vision of my music and I really wanted every song to be intentional this year. And um, that is leading to an album, but for the longest time, I didn't really know what the album was gonna be or what it was gonna sound like. So I think it's gonna be, again, not anything that I've really done before. So I'm I'm pretty excited about it. As of now, she hasn't announced a title or release date for the album. But in June, she actually told Jimmy Fallon on The Tonight Show that she was done with it and just needed to tie up some loose ends. I'm just relieved. It took me four years now to even feel at a good place with this album. And it's just because I had such huge moments that happened in my life personally that how was I going to capture that and how was I going to actually feel good about what I was saying. So I just, I kept going and I'm relieved now. All right, now let's bring in Billboard's Jason Lipschitz to talk more Selena. Jason, before we get into the new song specifically, let's talk about the anticipation for new Selena music. It's been a minute since we've gotten new music from her. It's been four full years now since Revival had a bunch of top 10 hits on it. But in the meantime, she's released this series of singles and collaborations, uh, Bad Liar, Fetish, Mm -hmm. Wolves with Marshmallow, It Ain't Me with Kygo. Some of them were really, really big hits, 
But there's been this anticipation to have, you know, a proper Selena Gomez album finally coming out. And it it does seem like we're headed there. Lose You to Love Me, as well as Look at Her Now, are kind of the first taste uh, of what is ramping up to be one of the most high profile pop projects in in either 2019 or 2020. I'm not sure uh, if she's going to be able to drop it before the end of the year, but anticipation is very, very high. Hearing the new song, Lose You to Love Me, I think we've known that Selena's been going through kind of a hard time. You know, in the last four years, she's been struggling with a lot of health issues and obviously, you know, her breakup from Justin Bieber. And now hearing this song, it's like we hear what she's been going through. She's being so incredibly vulnerable. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously since the song has come out, there's been speculation. Who is it about? What relationship is it about? But I I think looking beyond those details, you have to take this as a song of healing and self-growth and moving on from a a situation that was imperfect in order to to help yourself grow. It's it's a very honest song. It's very unflinching. And honestly, it's it's this sort of uh, sweeping ballad that doesn't necessarily get played a ton on pop radio, but that makes it even more bold to me as kind of Selena's reintroduction into the music space. She announced Lose You to Love Me uh, at the end of last week, and everyone was super excited to finally hear a new Selena Gomez song. And then the next day, she drops Look at Her Now as a total surprise, but it, it makes sense. It's it's kind of like a, a subject and a predicate of the same idea where another song about figuring out who you are and, and flaunting it and, and owning your identity, definitely more upbeat, up-tempo than Lose You To Love Me. But, uh, you know, she worked on both songs with uh, Justin Traynor and Julia Michaels, who helped write some of her biggest hits to date. And I think they make a a really great pairing. And I I really love the way that one song had a very traditional announcement and rollout. The other song was just kind of like a surprise to fans. She said, Well, Chelsea, Selena Gomez gave you a gift this week of two uh-huh. songs. And now Chris Martin and his band have given me a gift this week. Oh, good. We're and even. You know, dropping two songs is really the thing to do, especially this week. <laughs> Coldplay delivering a pair of new tracks, Orphans, yes. which we just heard, and Arabesque. They are the dual lead singles for Coldplay's double album. Oh, my god. They just gosh. keep coming in twos as well. That's Everyday a full life. weekend of music. I'll just keep it on repeat. Everyday Life is the name of the new double album from Coldplay. It arrives on November 22nd. Earlier this week, the band revealed the set's 16-song track list through the classified sections of the hometown newspapers of its four members, which is a new way to do it. Who reads newspapers? <laughs> and the sepia-tinged cover art is based on a 1919 photo of guitarist Johnny Buckland's great-grandfather's band, the Wedding Band and Dance Orchestra. So they're going a little old school to promote this That's really this cool. One. Yeah, it's kind of neat. And we'll get our first live taste of Coldplay's new music on November 2nd when they'll be the musical guest on Saturday Night Live. But let's go ahead and listen to a little of their other new song this week, Arabesque, right now. And 
let's bring Jason back in to talk Coldplay. What do we know so far about the double album and how do you expect to perform on the charts? Well, it's going to be interesting to see how this album arrives because it's been rumored to be very experimental. You know, obviously it's a double album. They've never done that before. They've uh, Coldplay has thrown some curveballs in the past with, you know, Viva La Vida and the kind of somber ghost stories, which is actually my favorite Coldplay album. Uh-huh. But it's been a minute. They are stadium headliners who uh, have taken a beat now to kind of work on this ambitious new project. To answer your question about what we can expect, I'm not sure. And I, I think that's really what has made uh, for this kind of breathless anticipation. Just not knowing what one of the biggest bands in the world is going to do next because they have had this tendency to zig and zag and offer something completely unexpected. I'm really excited for this Coldplay album and I think uh, I think a lot of people around the world will be as well. I'll be living one life for the two of us. Next up, we are getting closer and closer to Louis Tomlinson's debut studio album. This is very exciting. The former One Direction star announced this week that his album Walls will be released on January 31st. Now, the 12-track set will include Louis's previously released songs, Two of Us, which we just heard, and this one, Kill My Mind. And on Thursday, he shared the third single from the album, We Made It. Now, Billboard's Taylor Weatherby spoke to Louis recently, and he talked about what inspired him to write We Made It and how the song actually relates to his girlfriend and his fans. I mean, you know, it kind of has two meanings. There's, there's, the verses are kind of written about early times of me and my girlfriend and me going to visit her at university and stuff. Remember how it tasted, looking into your eyes. Baby, you were still high, never coming down with your hand in mine. But the, the sentiment of the chorus is a message that I kind of... It's something that I know I'm going to feel on my first tour date, for example. That feeling of achievement is really going to... Um, I want it to feel collective, you know, because the fans have been really patient with me and, uh, and, and you know, obviously I've gone through a little bit and they've been super supportive. So it was kind of just a message to them, really. Yeah, because you made it, underestimated, and always underrated, and I was saying goodbye. And, you know, I've spoke about times in the past where I, I, especially in the first year or first 18 months of being in One Direction, you know, I kind of struggled to find my place. So it's kind of just reflected on, you know, those times and also just, you know, like many songs, kind of rooting for the underdog and trying to capture, you know, all of that. Last April, Louis announced that he was turning a page creatively and said he was focusing now on making music for himself and his fans rather than commercial success. He talked to Taylor about that and told her what to expect from the album. I'm really happy with the, um, the collaborations that I released, the one with Steve Aoki and one with Rexa. But as I look back, I don't think those songs sonically are as true to me as, as they could be. And I think, as I've said before, I think... I think I was making music for other people as opposed to making the music that I love, so I feel confident about um, about the album sound in general. It's a little bit more emotional stuff, but I mean, in, in general, you know, I'm kind of just wearing my heart on my sleeve and just being honest, you know, there's, there's, there's reflecting on um, breakup and as a lyricist, I always try and be as honest as possible, which, you know, I always say my fans do know a hell of a lot about me, but I think... You know, once they've uh, once they've heard the album, I think they'll, they will see a slightly different side to me. Now, to paraphrase the one and only Kesha, 
Hellraiser's time to get blessed. Uh, sprinkle me with that holy water. Right? <laughs> Last week, the singer started teasing new music, offering fans a 1-855 number to call and hear a sneak preview of her fresh material. On Saturday, she dropped a trailer for her album titled High Road, due out January 10th. Now, in the trailer, she wears some 70s looks, performs vintage soap opera-worthy scenes, and uh, shares some insight into her new work, including this bit of wisdom. Life is a vacation from where we go when we die. She also gives some context for how the new music differs from her 2017 album, Rainbow. When I wrote Rainbow, I was in a very different headspace. I had to address some very serious things. But now, on my new record, I revisit my roots of pure and utter debaucherous joy. You had our curiosity, Kesha, and now you have our attention because Truth. on Thursday, we got the first single from the album, Raising Hell, featuring mm -hmm. Queen of Bounce, Big Frida. The colorful <laughs> music video for the track is a parody of a Fall from Grace televangelist story. Kesha plays a big-haired soul saver. That's the role I was born to play. And Frida <laughs> brings the <laughs> and Frida brings the spiritual support. Let's take a listen to Raising Hell. Billboard caught up with Kesha recently, and among other things, we also asked Kesha for her album of the year pick so far, and her answer leads us into our next artist this week. Lizzo. She's the sh You guys haven't heard mine yet, so I won't say mine, but definitely Lizzo's. Good call, Kesha, because Lizzo's 2019 album, Cause I Love You, reached the top five of the Billboard 200 back in September. Following her well-received performance on the MTV Video Music Awards, I know you saw that for sure, Chelsea. Of course, my favorite. This week, she dropped a remix for a song from her 2016 set, Coconut Oil. Let's listen to the new version of Good As Hell, featuring none other than... Ariana Grande. Ah, uh, such a good team up. The collab we never <laughs> knew we needed. So girl, if we don't love you anymore, walk your fine ass out the door. I'm doing your head talk. Check my legs. Baby, how you feeling? And Lizzo's on a Billboard Hot 100 roll as well, thanks to Truth Hurts, which was originally released in 2017 and is a bonus song on the deluxe edition of Cuz I Love You. The track just scored a historic seventh week at the top of the Billboard Hot 100. It tied Iggy Azalea's Fancy, featuring Charlie XCX. Of course, we can't forget her. Oh, for no. the longest rule ever for a rap song by a female artist. Now, there has been some controversy about the song. Last week, two producers claimed Lizzo lifted elements of a song they wrote with her in 2017 to create Truth Hurts, including the line, I just took a DNA test, turns out I'm a I love that line. It's the best. But they also said Lizzo and the other co-writers were inspired by a British singer's tweet of the exact line. Now, Lizzo finally did respond on social media this week saying the line was inspired by a meme, which she later found out originated from the tweet. So she said she is giving the singer a songwriting credit, but she shut down the plagiarism claim, saying the two producers had nothing to do with the song. So that was the tea. There is a lot going on with that song, but let's go ahead and listen now to Lizzo telling Billboard about Truth Hurts, and this was a month ago before all this went down. Take a listen. I didn't want to go to the studio. I was so upset and depressed and sad because I had gotten this voicemail from this mother 
who, you know what I'm saying? I really cared about whatever, who cares? I do care, my heart got broken. But anyway, in the voicemail, he said, hey, don't call me anymore. You know, don't hit me up. I'm getting back with my ex. Anyways, I walk into the studio and I'm all depressed and shit. Ricky's like, what's wrong? He's listening to me talk and I was like, you know, I just had, I prepared myself. I knew what I was gonna say to him. If I could say what I wanted to say to him, I would say, good luck with the person who's supposed to hold you down, but holds you back. I got this Minnesota Viking in my DMs and I'm about to go on a date with him. So I don't need him. Blase, 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 blase. So I'm talking all this shit, and he's scribbling. I'm like, why the fuck he's scribbling? Like men never really pay attention. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I look up and he shows me what he's scribbling and it's everything I've been saying. And he said, I hope you know you just wrote a song. Cause I'm stuck on you, you're stuck on me. I never gotta wonder where my honey be. We are listening to Make It Sweet, which became Old Dominion's sixth number one on Billboard's Country Airplay chart in April. The infectious track is also the lead single off Old Dominion's self-titled third album, which dropped today. Oh yeah. The self-reflective one-man band was the follow-up single released ahead of the album and remains in the chart's top ten. We'll get tattoos and we'll trash hotel rooms. Baby, take my hand. Cause I don't want to be a one-man band. Billboard's Annie Reuter caught up with Old Dominion lead singer Matthew Ramsey recently, and he talked about one-man band and how the group is exploring more vulnerability on this album. I think in the past, our, you know, the deeper songs that we've had, we've been pretty good at sort of throwing this veil over them. You know, that was the deep part of the song was hidden in the catchy hookiness. We moved away from that on those songs a little bit this time. And we just let the true vulnerability show. And One Man Band is like the perfect mix of, of what we've done in the past and where we're headed. There are all those elements of the clever turn of phrase that we've worked really hard on in the past. And it's a new direction of emotion and vulnerability, um, too. So I think that song, the way it's resonated with, with the audience, it's reassuring um, that this project is going to be well received. And it ain't no big baller when it's fake friends you're calling. I can be good sometimes. I'm a cheap queen. That is Cheap Queen, which, fantastic song. She's got amazing vocals on that track. Oh, yeah. It is the title track from King Princess's debut album, which dropped this week. Getting to this point has been a bit of a whirlwind for the 20-year-old, and it started after her 2018 debut single, 1950 Blew Up. I love it when we play 1950. So cold, it just stays about to kill me. I'm surprised when you kiss me. Here's what King Princess had to say about 1950 when she stopped by Billboard last year. The inspiration behind 1950 was, uh, it was gay history. And um, the way that, you know, our people had to hide in public and how that affected the way that we love each other now. And after that song shot past 40 million on-demand streams in its first five months, wow. not bad for someone just That's getting crazy. out there, she was quickly pulled into photo shoots and festival lineups. And to deal with all the attention, she turned back to songwriting. She told Billboard that she wrote the album chronologically over the past year, creating a real-time memoir of the highs and lows that she was going through. Now, King Princess has always made her point of view known as a queer woman, 
but on Cheap Queen track Hit the Back, she's taken that representation to a new level. When she released the single earlier this month, she described it as the anthem for bottoms everywhere. Take a listen. Well, Chelsea, that's it. We've come to the end of another blockbuster podcast together. How are you feeling? Am I your favorite co-host ever? You're great. You know, that's (laughs) still up for debate. But what I do know is that between between new Selena (laughs) and Louis Tomlinson, it is going to be a good weekend for me. That's what I can't stop thinking about. But you're great, too. You're great, too. Thanks so much. Yeah, great. Go ahead. And for you guys, don't forget to join us every Friday on Billboard.com for your insider's guide to all the best new music. Until next week, I'm Chelsea Briggs. And I'm... I'm Fernando Ventura, the best co-host in the world. Well, yeah, I'll see. Yeah, you're all right. <laughs> we'll see you next week on First Stream Live. Go.